0: Another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding with your host, Ken Seymour, and your co host, Richard Geiger. Hello, everyone. We are going to have a very special episode for you today. Our very first episode that is determined by comments left in our forums, uh, a request, as it were, of, of wanting to know a little more about a specific subject. Absolutely.
1: And we're all about it that's kind of the idea and the things we've talked about so far with some of our subjects is we want feedback and we get a little feedback from uh, a few people that may, you know, some of our closer friends that have listened to it and send us a text message or two and that's fine. But we also want people to dig into the forum and leave suggestions to all types of fun stuff to give us more ideas. We're all about
0: ideas. Absolutely, because sometimes there's just going to be something we didn't think of that's like, oh, we would have talked about that eventually, maybe like down the road, but uh, once we uh once we hear it, it's definitely something we can take off with and have some fun with so the request that was given was considering the fact that we have been talking at many points about uh, comic book movies primarily in the movies that we have been reviewing and Talking to comic book store owners and talking, you know, in general, this is one of our interests, superheroes and and comic books. Uh, uh, A listener wanted to know what our backgrounds were in comic books and kind of know where we were coming from.
1: Yeah, how did we get interested in collecting comic books, reading comic books? The movies, like pretty much every movie that we've reviewed, not pretty much, every movie that we've reviewed has been comic book related in some form or fashion. So It won't
0: stay that way, but...
1: Yeah, we'll build on that base um, just a little bit here, uh, eventually. But yeah, a lot of the subject matter so far has been comic book related. So, why that particular interest? Fair question.
0: I like tights. Tights are... You know, just spandex. Yeah, it's comfortable. It, it breathes. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a great
1: clip out there. I'm not a big Jimmy Fallon fan in particular. I do like Will Ferrell. There's a, yes. you know some you know, the old the old tight pants. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't, there's a you know on the Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon, tight pants.
0: Just YouTube it. It's funny. I would say that realistically, though, both of us come from a very different place in terms of comic books and our history with them. We've talked about it a little bit uh, at at, uh, at well, a little bit at length. Can't have both of those at the same time, I guess. Truthfully, we've talked about it at length over over the past several years, and and where we came from, and we definitely have realized that. We've had a, a different upbringing in in comics.
1: And we've gotten snippets of that. We've included it in some of our reviews or some discussions here and there. Uh, you know, I was just thinking, we've got a series of uh, recordings that we haven't even put out yet that go over comic book movies mm-hmm. for decades and decades and decades. So we have even more comic book-related material that we're going to talk about. So yeah, we're pretty in, pretty into this stuff we could say
0: absolutely speaking of which just as as a note we will likely release that particular treasure trove of uh, episodes once we have finished going through to present date likely uh, catching up I think we are currently recorded up through 2004 or yeah somewhere so we got there.
1: some time to do we were, we were thinking hey we could do this by the decade no no. no. there's especially now there's
0: just too many too much going on so but but we'll definitely get there and when that happens we'll release it but so richard you were telling me at one point you were not uh uh, your your comic book experiences weren't exactly formed by like big brothers or or family members that got you into it you happened upon it in a slightly different way
1: yeah so there's a there's not a lot of background other than I had a friend that I would spend some time with and he had a pretty good collection of Iron Man comics. And I, you know, I, I enjoy Iron Man as a character. And those comic books were fun because they were new to me and he was into it. So that kind of got me, that was my bridge, my gateway to get into it myself. And I'm not a gigantic Iron Man fan right now in a sense but that was my gateway that's what got me into the interest someone else had an interest in it had a collection i was like oh this is cool this is fun what else could we do and he traveled uh our our closest comic book store like real one not the hook's drug store actual comic book store was about 20 minutes away 25 minutes away and We'd go every every now and again. He'd go with his dad a little bit more, but we would go the uh, just the three of us sometimes and just check out the stuff and see the collections and see the stuff that they had. And I guess that was my first kind of entry into that. There's a there's more story about that actual comic book shop because it's not there
0: anymore. For we should probably leave that
1: part. probably leave that part out. But anyway. Um, that was the first, I'd say, exposure to just the comic book world, and then that led me into going to places like the Hook's drugstore or the family pharmacy in town, and rounding up a couple comics every now and then. And I guess what I gravitated more because I, I picked different pieces. I mean, I've got a, I don't have an extensive collection. I really don't. I don't have very many. Actual physical comic books at home. I I just don't Like a couple hundred maybe? No Not even Less than a hundred Would be my guess Okay But I have I've got a Transformers comic Actually I've got a um, I'm trying to think here Like just random number ones Like there's a Dark Hawk That's in there I've got a, a Nomad uh, a couple Spider-Man comic books. Uh, you Th- got, you this got was, caught
0: up in the in the explosion of Number One. Exactly. This was the
1: mass production time frame. You know, a Spawn Number One that sounds like it should have value, but it has no value. Um, the the only comic that I have that's any value. There's an amazing Spider-Man. That's the first uh, appearance of Carnage. And even that one's worth like 20 bucks. So I don't have a lot of value in any of the comic books. I haven't gotten rid of them. They're all sealed up and I keep them. But that was the time frame, which was talked about a little bit in our podcast that, like, they just didn't print a few thousand, they would print thousands hundreds of thousands in certain episodes and then like the market just flooded with these but the majority of the ones that i had were x-men comics so the x-men is what i kind of gravitated towards more compared to the other groupings of comics and not really honestly not really any dc stuff like i didn't i don't i don't believe i own more image comics than i do dc comics Mm, so that kind of makes sense it, it just, for some reason, never got into that. But I tell you what, I don't dislike DC comic books, actually, if they could actually get the movies right. Mm. Like, they, like they do from a cartoon standpoint or, or animated movie standpoint. Man, I'd be way on board with that. Or even just the Christopher, Christopher Nolan yeah. side of things. Like, the, you know, back in the 80s when the Batman Michael Keaton Batman movies first started to pop up. Like, I was totally into that stuff. Like, that was fun. Like, I enjoyed those comic book movies. I mean, that's, we took, we did talk about it. We didn't talk about it. (laughs) Uh, You will hear this
0: again is what he's saying.
1: Yeah, so like that, that is, those are great movies, and they're about comic book characters. So that's kind of one of the first influences, I would say. Um, the big, I think one of the biggest ones, though, for me, I did not have cable when I was younger. I didn't get cable until I left home and went to college. So we had an NBC station, we had a CBS station, and we had an ABC station. Just a handful. There were some public access stations, and we could pick up uh, WGN. And that was really about it. That was it. Eventually, a Fox station popped up later on. Well, Fox had an uh, X-Men uh, cartoon. cartoon on it. There was a Spider-Man comic, a uh, Spider-Man cartoon somewhere in there as well, too. But I gobbled those up as much as I could. I would set the VCR recording for it if I could remember it. Yes, the VCR recording. I would set a time and date for it to record on a actual <laughs> VHS tape.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, once there was this thing called tape that we would put movies and music on, and it was terrible.
1: <laughs> just, just so you know, one of the big promotions uh, back in the day was at a Pizza Hut. So, at Pizza Hut when you were in school, you could do Book It, right? Book It was cool. You would tell everybody that you read books that you never read, and <laughs> you get stars, and then you get you go like, "Hey, I read all these books." You get free pizzas. Great, and they always did really cool promotions for kids stuff. But one of them that I remember in particular was. Uh, they did VHS copies of the first couple episodes of that X-Men cartoon. So you got one VHS tape and had two episodes, and you got another one and had two, you got another one and had two. I think there were three or four VHS tapes altogether that you could get that were just like the first few episodes of that. that season. Se- of that first season. And it mm-hmm. had a lot of, uh, I think we just got Jubilee in it, which was yes. just... Awful. Awful. But it, it gave you an intro to all of the X-Men, which, once again, as I said, that was my interest. So I was, I really enjoyed watching that. So that was probably between, you know, the Batman movies that raised everyone's interest level, I feel like. And then the X-Men and Spider-Man uh, cartoons that were on, what do you say, public television. Mm-hmm. Um Network television, I guess I should say.
0: those. Are, that's what really got me into the world of comic books long ago. Side note, did you know that to make Jubilee more interesting, at one point she became a vampire? Oh, fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, that would have made it even worse, I would imagine. Uh,
0: it was odd, to say the least. It was a little weird. Uh, I'm not going to get into the storyline because it wasn't that great. But, you know, I understand. Let's do something different. She's so bubbly and bright. Let's make her a vampire. Yeah, okay, whatever. And she sparkles out of
1: her finger. Yeah. Yeah, I, the character just... if I don't know. It's hard to describe that character. Because the character still is like, you still see that oh, character yeah. in all the X-Men movies. You see someone in a yellow trench coat in the background. With awful sunglasses. Yeah. So, like, the character is there. <clears throat> maybe as a as a funny, as an inside joke, I
0: I, I don't know. But. Sporting one of the worst things from the 90s in any costume, gloves with the fingers cut out of them. Mm. How many heroes had gloves with the fingers cut out of them in the 90s? I just, I never understood
1: that. Yeah. <sighs> so that's kind of my, I didn't collect a lot of comic books and I watched cartoons on TV
0: what about the x men? i mean cuz you had the the comic book shop that you could have gone to. there were other options there. what about the x men w- drew you? why that? why not the avengers? why not the fantastic four? why not dc? um i don't know if i could even say that i
1: knew much about any of those other characters hmm. to be completely honest with you. and why was it the x men? I, I don't i don't know like were they more prominent? Was it when I went to Hook's, that's what they had, and Mm. they didn't have the other ones. Or when I saw those, and they had the cover art, you know, the cover art. Especially... Yeah, like when you have the Uncanny... I think it was the Uncanny X-Men at that time frame. So it had everybody in it, man. I mean, even Psylocke was on the cover of a lot of the episodes, and Colossus was a big figure... I, I remember some of the episodes that I was in the time frame, Sunspot was on there, you know? So, like, there's just a wide variety of characters, not just the core that everybody kind of thinks of. It was a lot of people. Maybe the team aspect of it. Maybe the maybe the, maybe even the bad guys. Um, Omega Red is sprinkled in there, and I, I'm always intrigued by interesting bad guys, mm-hmm. and maybe that had something to do with it. Um, there was a crossover between... X Men, X Factor, and X Force. That it was about four episodes per, so about twelve total. Uh,
0: extinction
1: event. Yeah, Extinction Agenda. Agenda. Baby. Yes. And like I had all of those. I still have those all packaged up. They're worthless, but um, I had that whole collection. That was right in the time frame when I was collecting them. I and why did I stop collecting them? Well, but you got to learn about strife, and
0: you remember strife.
1: Yeah, and. All, all of those, like, we didn't have Wikipedia, I couldn't Google anything, and now when I learn, see, one of the things that I like to do is when something, or someone, or some aspect is introduced, i always go and look it up and read it, like, I'll go and get a little backstory on why this person is, what that person is, and where they're, why they're there, in the comic books in this, but on the cartoon, it's this, or on the TV show, it's this, or in the movie, it's this, like, why did they represented them represent represent that person differently? Okay, well that makes sense because it's more eyeball friendly on a TV show. So yeah. I'm definitely interested in the background of these characters that I've never heard of or what their backstory is or what their tie in is. You know, right now you can find a lot on like Disney XD because mm-hmm. it's a Disney property. They're loaded with. I mean, they've had. Multiple seasons of an Avengers cartoon although the first iteration of the Avengers cartoon um, two seasons worth was by far the best and they've had like 20 different Spider-Man cartoons I just keep redoing and redoing and redoing I don't get it but uh, there's um, Guardians of the Galaxy on there too so they have a lot of those things on there and yes I'm old but I still like to watch cartoons
0: on Disney XD because they're comic book related well why not Cartoons are fun. Well, that's kind of how I got into comic books also. Um, mine's a little different. I mean, I had I had a comic book or two when I was really young, but it, I remember an early memory uh, of having a, uh, an Incredible Hulk comic book that I just tore to pieces because I read it so many times. But, you know, as a little kid, you're not going to give a little kid a lot of comic books. That was like my one or one of my two comics that they were willing to let me tear to shreds. Um, but really what got me into it again, having the limited number of television channels and everything, I started watching probably a little sooner than you did. So at that point, the X-Men cartoon was not available yet. But one thing that was kind of a common, uh, uh, cartoon at that time was Spider-Man and his amazing friends.
1: I never saw that, but I have seen it later on. Like, I can go to to YouTube and watch a couple clips of it. So, yeah, I'm familiar with them.
0: So, it was, it was, uh, it has a special place in my mind, and I've seen enough of it since that I know it has not aged quite so well, and I'm definitely, I'm I'm looking at it with rose-colored glasses, but what it did do was put three somewhat dispensary Barrett characters together, a very popular Spider-Man. You get Iceman from the X-Men, yeah. and then Firestar, which was nobody. Nobody was created for the show. It was a w- the
1: just weird combination. Yeah.
0: Who has since you know become an actual character in the comic books because of that popularity. But um, so you know, the, going through the store, uh, going through the store, going through the show, they had uh, plenty of tie-ins from the other characters. You'd see the X-Men. You'd see. Prince Namor, the Submariner, show up, you would see uh, you know, Doctor Strange or some of the other characters just occasionally appear. But even if you didn't, it had all the Spider-Man bad guys, which generally made me laugh quite a lot. So you've got Spider-Man, you've got an X-Men, you've got somebody that's eventually going to be associated with mutants down the road. And it's always Spider-Man bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> with the exception of the tie-in episodes. Okay, Juggernaut will come in when the X-Men show up. But, you know, that was it. But it still captivated me uh, to a certain extent. Uh, on top of that, there was the, um, the Super Friends was big at that point. So you had two rival television shows, one that felt a lot more personal in the Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, and one that was kind of more, not lofty, but definitely grander in scope with the super friends because you had just a ton of characters in the super friends that would show up in the legion of doom and you always had one good guy to one bad guy and all kind of lined up and they would all you know they would get into enough of their history to kind of intrigue wasn't wasn't there an iron man ca- uh, cartoon there in- was an iron man cartoon but i think that it was either really short lived before i started watching or after i stopped so I'm not really entirely sure of the timeline. I knew it existed, but I'm not I'm not 100% sure of where it hit. I never watched it. Um, well, but there was of course always the live action television shows too. I watched the Incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno and um, Oh wow, I'm spacing him. Um, who played Bruce Banner? Yeah. Uh the. They yeah, haven't. God, I feel terrible. He was a he was a huge Bill, name. uh Bill Bixby. Yeah, Bixby. Thank you. We should know that yeah. for a variety of reasons, but yeah, Bill Bixby and, you know, there was actually a really terrible Spider-Man live action television show that was around that time period. The 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 70s, 60s, 70s Batman television show. Mm. I watched that all the time. So, I had this introduction to superheroes so that by the time that I was in my 10 to 11 year old range and I was allowed to roam the streets wild as children are no longer allowed to do and I would be able to go down to the hooks or go down to the bookstore or go down to whatever. I would be able to see the comics in, in the aisles and immediately got just just transfixed. And so at that point I started actually collecting some of the comics. Now they were never in great condition because I was getting them from these major retailers rather than a comic book store. I did not actually get to go into a real comic book store until I was close to thirteen or fourteen. So I was always seeing this just whatever was available in, in these stores. But you
1: also bought them to read them. Yes it's kind of hard to read
0: them and then read them again and not keep them in pristine condition. Yeah. I, I started learning how to keep them in better condition. I still didn't know anything about sleeves or backs or anything for the people that would eventually, uh, uh, you know, all of the collectors that would want to keep them in as, as good a condition. just like I, I do right now, and i have kind of brought, uh, you know, brought friends and things into the same kind of habits. But, um, so you know i started collecting these books now i was kind of atypical Uh, the x-men started becoming more popular and more popular just because of the types of writers that they had brought in on on the books and it was starting to grab a larger chunk of the audience uh, at that point um so major titles that were originally like the forerunners like the avengers and fantastic four were starting to take a back seat to to these titles um DC was an entirely different kind of animal, but much like you, I stayed more on the Marvel side to begin with just because at that point I wasn't ready to be able to juggle more realities in my mind of how I wanted to deal with things. But while everybody else was still going to the X-Men, I was still very much an Avengers uh, kind of a minded person. I loved the characters in the Avengers and it just kind of stuck with me. And then then, uh, then, comes the time that I talked about where I misremembered which comic book shop that I actually went <laughs> into, and I saw the uh, fourth issue of the Infinity Gauntlet for the first time, and where I was occasionally buying comic books uh, at that point, I was, now so, okay, now I'm not just going to collect some comics, I'm going to collect as many as I possibly can, because I was exposed to a lot of characters through that storyline and i finally saw something that i had not seen really up until that point and that was a, a compelling villain someone that had um, or at least i thought it was a villain at the same time and i'll debate this all day long that thanos isn't really a villain but um at least at the very least a compelling antagonist that uh, that had uh, an ominous nature that had a sufficient level of power But not so much just the power, but this this level of intelligence and this purpose that was not present in other characters that I had seen up until that point.
1: And that that goes back to what I said too: is like when you found a comic book that you had an interest in, sometimes it wasn't like the good guys and stuff were fine because they had powers and they were neat and they were unique. But the bad guys are the ones that kind of like if they got interesting bad guys. That's Because you're, you're focused on one to ten good guys mm-hmm. all the time, but yep. the bad guys are
0: ever-changing,
1: ever-evolving. The good guys basically stay the same.
0: Somehow. 100%. And often the, the, the villains, at least in the earlier days of comics, and to a certain extent still, they're throwaway. I mean, you would get some villains that would show up in a single issue or a single arc, and you would never see them again because they just needed somebody for the hero to fight and it was just worthless i mean you got some some really strange choices for some villains and some just terrible ideas because there's only so much you can do um but you know so that that was that was where you started seeing some differences and at that point you know i was actually starting to earn my own money so i could start collecting multiple titles i would be able to collect some dc and some marvel now still at that point i had only been primarily exposed to the two major um, competitors in the comic book market, which for the most part is fine because I, I tend to prefer superhero-based titles to others, but not exclusively. Um, but, you know, so as I'm going, that's when I started seeing certain certain things that I hadn't seen before. So in the early part, I had, uh, I believe it was All-Star Squadron, an early All-Star Squadron that had uh, Dr. Fate. It was my first um, exposure to Todd McFarlane as an artist. And I still think that was his first major artwork in any comic book that, uh, that predated his runs on Spider Man and, of course, when he went off and did Spawn. And that, I already saw how amazing his artwork was, even in that book. Um, or uh, my favorite, still to this day, Ron Lim. Uh, seeing him do the runs on um Infinity gauntlet caused me to look over at uh, Silver Surfer and uh, and a bunch of the other work that he'd done. He has such a clean style and and it just it transfixed me and it was it was always good. It was one of those instances that you didn't see a dip in quality so at least I never saw it as a, as a kid. Yeah um, But so once I started collecting that I started amassing quite, a grouping of comic books and i also fell victim to the massive numbers of number ones and things in the 90s i also had the the nomad number one and the nighthawk number one and sleepwalker number one and at least two or three of the cover variants of the x-men number one that they released a hundred million copies of and all worthless all worthless and that's fine I didn't. I wasn't collecting for the value. In the back of my mind, I still had that voice says, "Oh, this would be worth money someday." But ultimately, in the front, what I wanted was the story. I wanted to be able to go back and see it. But then I started realizing that well, the main titles, while fun, often didn't have the same kind of depth that some of these other rarer gems would have. So I started collecting some of the the odder choices, like. Um, They did a series in Marvel for a while called The Midnight Suns that revolved around a handful of comic book titles. You had Ghost Rider. You had Morbius the Living Vampire. You had um, um, the Night Stalkers, um, which was basically Blade from the movies for anybody that watched it and several of the other characters from the movies that you would see. uh, But also uh, the Darkhold Redeemers, uh, which was one of my favorite books that i read because it had a flavor that was almost taking back to the 60s you used to have a lot of horror comics that came out tales from the dark side kind of a feeling or um twilight zone for those that that are familiar with that so the darkhold redeemers were a group that were hunting down these pages to a mystical text that were created by an elder demon and they needed to get them away from the public because the public would read them and it would grant them some sort of a wish or a power, and it would always be a corrupted variant of that wish. You know, like every other movie that does that, or every other story that does that, and it would cause havoc. So they're trying to get this book to put it back together and keep it away from everybody. Uh, and but I also started seeing and one of the other reasons that was interesting to me is comic books have such a long-standing history, long-standing. Uh, story that they've been telling from point to point. This Darkhold book wasn't brand new. It had been around in the comics for years and years. It was in Doctor Strange's possession. He guarded it for a long time. It was what caused vampires to come back in the first place in the comic books. You know, the Kathan Demon was part of a major storyline with the Avengers as it uh, was, uh, I believe, buried in the Mountain of Wondagore and and was uh, trying to overtake uh, Scarlet Witch's mind and you know just so it's it's all this stuff that's building and building on itself that was just you know it was layered and fantastic and as you read more and more you got more and more so I don't just want to see this story now I need to collect these other titles because they have tie-ins to these other characters that have histories that go back to this other stuff and the Darkhold actually showed up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yes it did sort of Uh, (laughs) but I was mildly disappointed with the way they did it, but I understand. You can't bring full-on demon-originated magic into anything short of the Thor movies. And even then, they still hedged their bets on a lot of stuff. So, I mean, that's fine. At least it got the mention, and I got my little uh, geeky fanboy squeal. It was like, oh, I know what that is. And uh, so, you know, that was fine. But so as I'm going through and reading the other the other comics, the the Batman comics on the DC side and some of the other things, I'm starting to see, you know, a lot of things happening that were really interesting. And then I saw for the first time something that I thought was, you know, like a once in a lifetime event, something that wasn't going to happen again. Yeah, it had to be something cool, and I would soon find out was definitely going to happen again, and not just happen again, happen overly regularly to a stupid degree, and that was the in the DC side the Crisis on Infinite Earths. So their first storyline where they look back at all their stuff and goes, the company goes, yeah, this is messed up. We don't know what's happening when, and we need to fix the fix the timeline and just start over from scratch. We'll gain some new viewers, or viewers, some new readers, and we'll fix a bunch of stuff, right? Wipe the hands clean. And we'll Be do done. it with a big storyline where there's all sorts of things that happen that are major character deaths. And they'll be lasting and they'll be important. You know, Supergirl dies and Flash dies, and you know, they're they're fighting this big battle. And then the whole universe resets. And I thought, oh, that's really neat. That's this this one. And now they're going to. It's still connected, kind of, but it's a new story, also. So it's like, oh, this is great. And this is little did I know that they would do this, see how much money they made, and say, oh. We need to do this every few years, yeah. Let's, yeah, and just completely restart the storyline. Uh, and that's something that makes me want to pull my hair out. Um, it's a way to cheat. Uh, yeah, it's. It, I don't know if it's a way to cheat, and I definitely understand some of the reasonings behind it, but I really, really hate it because a lot they a lot of the resets are soft resets, and a lot of them are hard resets. And the soft resets i'm mostly okay with it still seems a little greedy still seems a little gimmicky but the hard resets where they actually say yeah none of the stuff that happened before actually happened we're literally resetting the entire universe and this is all new and everything you've read now no longer matters the characters that you know don't exist that way anymore Batman's still Batman, but he may be different in his motivations, and his villains may be different in their mo I don't want that. Who would want that? Obviously there are people that do, but that's just the way my brain was screaming at the time. And I think there were a lot of people that, that would have agreed. But Yeah. Switch it up once. Maybe that's cool. Good fresh start. When do I do it every five years. Eh, yeah, I know they want new readers, and it's hard for new readers to jump in when there's already all of this story that's going on because it feels so daunting. That's where the comic book store comes in. Oh, you want to know what's going on with this character. Let me suggest this stuff. It will catch you up. You don't have to buy every single issue, or I can just you know fill you in on some of the holes, and you can jump right in. And you know what? Who cares if you don't know the older stuff? you'll discover it as you're reading. They're going to tell you about it. There's all sorts of little little bits and pieces they put in, as happened in issue X, Y, and Z. And, you know, they'll go through some of the history again, little recaps like they do in the front of television episodes. Not that big a deal. I think I think it could have been handled differently. Yeah, the fancy Google machines will help with that deal. Well, especially now. Now, that wasn't so much an option early yeah. on. But um, anyway, so... so Still, that hooked me even further, and especially in, between that and the Infinity Gauntlet, int- introduced my preference to the cosmic storylines, or also storylines that dealt more with philosophical uh, implications and morality plays, and things that were kind of higher, higher-minded storylines. So, you know, it, it started being exposed to things like Neil Gaiman and The Sandman series and um uh death and the high cost of living and some of these secondary manufacturers of uh of storylines and i was hoping that image would be the same thing and at first it wasn't it 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 didn't matter that it wasn't they the, the fact that they broke away and were successful was great it was still basically just another superhero set of stuff but obviously they're not that now and they have such a diversity they have an uh, just a ridiculous wealth of storylines, but you know, uh, you know there were there were still a lot of different a lot of different uh, titles that I collected. So at one point I had thousands and thousands of comic books, and and collected storylines from a variety. Now I I have lost some of those, um, which saddened me, and I won't go into the story of how that they were lost because. Uh, I might start uh, clenching my teeth enough to to make my gums bleed, but I still have uh, you know no small collection of yeah. comic books. I've probably I've probably got a couple thousand, um, and I slowly slowly add to them. Um, so whereas you are more a fan, at least if if we were to say you were a fan of anything, you were more of a fan of the X Men. I tended to get behind, at least right now, still my favorite characters are, I love the Silver Surfer when he is done right. Um, I love um, uh, Thor when he is done right, or she is done right. The, the, the run uh, that they did with the female Thor was really good and one of the few high points, I think, and they're all new, all different Marvel. I think a lot of it was, I don't want to say trash because that's not fair. Um, I I thought it was less than interesting. I thought it was change for change's sake, and I didn't think a lot of the stories were very good. Um, mm-hmm. But I tend to on the DC side. I I love the Green Lantern character and the Green Lantern Corps. Oh man, the 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 War of Light and uh, the whole Jeff Johns. Run was amazing. It was one of the few instances in my uh, later life where I was inspired to collect way more comics than I would normally do. If it had a Green Lantern in it, I was going to buy it. If it had a tie-in to the Green Lantern storyline, I was going to buy it. Yeah,
1: He's uh, taken over for some of the stuff on the DC movie side of things now, including the Green Lantern Corps movie so yeah. well, maybe we'll see something I'm, good come out of that. I'm
0: really hoping on that because his, his run on that was just truly fantastic and it was so good one of the things that really and I have to obviously I don't have any inside information and I don't have enough time to really research into that usually but when they did one of their resets where again it was a hard reset the whole reality is different. They left the Green Lanterns alone. It was the same characters and the same story and almost no change. Because why would you change it? It was stupendous. Now, still they managed to they'll squander again. It's probably the wrong world. It, eventually it was going to peter out. It couldn't last forever. Um, and it's still a good it's still a good series. It still has some interesting, it's not got the same kind of appeal that it that it once had. Uh, and in and, in and, and that point of time, but still fun. And, of course, if there's a zombie-related stuff, I collected that a lot, so the Marvel Zombies thing was a lot of fun. Anything that's just, just kind of like that, but I tend to follow certain characters. So if Thanos is in something, I'm probably going to get it. If Adam Warlock is in something, I'm probably going to get it. If Starlin is associated with something, I am probably going to get it. So Yeah,
1: I was more... I would say, obviously, in the interest level, more of the media-related stuff as opposed to the traditional paper comic book stuff. So not having cable, going to school, getting some cable. It wasn't wasn't like there was a lot of that stuff available even back in the late 90s that you could just hop on a TV and watch stuff. But uh, I did work at the movie... Well, I worked for movie theaters for way too long of my life but I spent a lot of the time getting really I was always into movies but I really really was able to get into movies and pay more attention to movies working at the movie theaters I could go and watch whenever I wanted to watch whenever I wanted to watch it and of course one of the big things that kind of kicked in the trend of comic, more of the modern comic book movies was the original X-Men movie. Yeah. And that was a big thing. At our movie theater, I was still kind of just a scrub then. But they allowed us a small budget to do promotional stuff for the movies. So what we did was, for this one, we got some plywood and we had a circular saw and we cut out shapes of X-Men characters. Uh, and then we stuck them actually on the roof of the movie theater. And then for Cyclops, we actually put a red light behind it so that it lit up at night. You could see his little Mm -hmm. visor through it. So it was like shadows up on the roof with the red visor thing. So it was pretty neat. And actually that promotion, uh, got us some free concert tickets too. So like Uh that... That, that was pretty solid. Turned out pretty good. That, that, that was pretty good. So that kept the interest level in the comic book area of things alive, right? That kept it active. Because then there was that one, then there was X2, and then there was like a whole... So like that's kind of where they just kind of picked up. Not as frequent as what they are now, not to the extent that it was what they are now, but sure. we saw a lot more of those things. And another thing I was thinking of, there's there was a... There was a um, Batman animated series. Mm -hmm. There was a Superman animated series. And when I could catch those, I would always watch those, like, for sure. Uh, I can't remember. Obviously, they were made by, they were done by Warner Brothers Studios. But Mm -hmm. I can't remember where they popped up on, if it was on, like, Cartoon Network or something like that. Because I know a long time ago, over 10, maybe 15 years ago, there was Justice League, Justice League America, that was on the Cartoon Network. Sure, And sure. that series was great. Now you can watch those on Netflix and just watch them and watch them and watch them. The Justice League ones. Superman and Batman. They were at um, least
0: on there for a while.
1: Yeah, they're harder to come by now. But those whole series, those are great. Like, that's those things are, like, the true animation, not the computer-generated animation. Yeah. Like, they're still traditional animation with all your
0: the simplified style
1: yeah the and like it it looks like the cars and the buildings and the guns are all from like the 50s yeah. and stuff yeah uh, but all the Batman enemies are there and they're prevalent and all the Superman enemies are there and they're prevalent so that was kind of more of my representation from the DC side of things because I gotta see all these characters and bad guys and you see justice league and you see all the bad guys associated with those so once again i tried to watch as gobble up as many of those things as i could mm-hmm. to kind of keep that interest level going and anything that i saw that was comic related whether it was a, a movie or a tv show i always tried to i always try to watch pay attention to
0: yeah so one of the side questions that was posed as part of this is what do we what do we do now Now, I I think that you said when we were talking about this before we recorded that you're not currently actually collecting anything.
1: No, I haven't collected anything in 20 years, more than that. So I do not put money towards a print copy of anything. I put money towards video release things, and that's not true to form always, right? Mm -hmm. That's just what's out there. But, you know, if there is, I, I think... If there is something that's out there, DC does a lot of great animated stuff. They do a lot of great movies that are based on certain events or certain bad guys or certain things. Those I love to watch. Those are hard to come by. There's some that are available on various streaming networks, a lot that are not. So that's kind of what I do to keep up with. But once again, if some bad guy or character or event pops up I will always go online and read about the history of what this character is or was and where they came from and why they're there and why they do that. So I, I don't read the books. I don't collect them but I at least try to get some history on those things so I'm not completely ignorant to the subject.
0: We're going to have to get you into some of those collected comics. I think that's that's the way to go to get you into some of those so you're not spending tons of dough but you can get the entire storyline Yeah. Um, personally, I, I kind of fluctuate in the last couple of years. I tend to follow certain storylines. Again, I mentioned if there's something that Thanos is going to be in, I'm going to collect it. So if there's anything often related to the Infinity storylines or anything related to him, anything related to Adam Warlock, I will collect it. Um, I haven't collected Green Lantern in a while just because of the change in writing and the change in specifically in the universe, not this last reset, but the reset before this last reset, I threw my hands up and I was done with DC for a while. <laughs> um, but um, but right now, I'm actually collecting the Infinity War, the Infinity Wars series, just because, uh, again, it's it's obviously a direct tie in to, to try and build off of the, the popularity of the movies and to kind of go back and forth and 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 build interest. But it is taking the storyline in an interesting route. And they, Marvel's always taken their resets in a slightly different way. They don't do the same thing that DC does in the sense that more often DC says, yes, we're changing the entire universe, just deal with it. Marvel's resets are less of a complete reset. It's more of a, well, we're not ignoring the history, but we need to fix some things. So we're going to do this major event. Everything will be fine after, but now we're going to integrate things. Or now we're going to change these handful of things, and it's going off the current line. They don't try, it doesn't feel like they try to be Newsworthy in their storylines, they don't tie to current events in the same way that that other things might. So it has this kind of feeling of limbo in the timeline where the stories are going. So you forget the fact that Spider-Man is like a hundred years old if you really look at the whole thing. Yeah. Um, uh, so you know, so that, that I find less of a problem with that, but uh, so. Since this is the, you know, I got the original Infinity Gauntlet. I got the original Infinity War storyline. I got the original Infinity Crusade storyline. I got every Starlin storyline that went off of that. uh, Associated and exploring the characters of Adam Warlock and Thanos and the way that the universe worked. Um, So this is just yet another... Extrapolation, where they've tried to change things up a little bit, introduce some different characters you wouldn't normally see, and say, "Well, the universe is different now after this last big event." Which, yeah, it's different now. So we'll see what they do with it. It's been pretty interesting thus far. But other than that comic, I don't really collect anything.
1: I think that's uh, I think that's fair, right? Because. In all honesty, it's hard to collect those things now. That's a long, that's a long train, huh? Yes, it is. <laughs> can you hear the train? I can hear the train.
0: <laughs> Let us count the cars.
1: The, I, you know, maybe when you're little and you have a little bit more disposable income, or if you're balling, then throwing down. What I you know? What is uh, honestly? What was a. A typical comic run now, 3 bucks.
0: Oh, it it varies a little bit, but it can be pretty astounding. Let us take the Infinity Wars comic that I just purchased, that I happen to have in my hands right now. Mm. As you hear my voice move around the microphone. Uh, this particular comic. Oh, they've started being smart. Uh, oh, there's they hid the hid the price next to the barcode now, five dollars. Oh, yeah. So that was the Infinity War Prime, and then the Infinity War's first episode or first issue. Don't worry, it's not five dollars; it's six. Oh, okay. Yeah. So.
1: For you, the state charge is a dollar twenty-five.
0: Yeah, it's not like it once was when I first started collecting comic books, and they were sixty cents a piece. I know I'm turning into that old guy, but uh, back in my day, I can spend sixty cents. On seventeen comic books, <laughs> they're all excellent better than anything you read today
1: but those are all the ones that are worth anything the ones that have that don't have a dollar mm. that are the ones that are two digit cost seventy five cent those are all the ones that are worth something then you get into three digits the ones that cost a
0: dollar or a dollar twenty five is not worth anything yeah it was it was a different a different time a different method of uh, of, uh, running the business. And they, they were still not in their infancy, but they were still not realizing what they could really do. I don't think at that point. And, you know, some good changes, some bad, but it doesn't matter. So there you have it. That is basically where we stand with comic books. And I, I tend to carry all of the storylines with me. And I, and I remember most of them fairly well. So it tends to, Become difficult to surprise me in in a lot of the stuff that we go with, but that's just fine. And then when they do change something in the movies, that gives me a chance to say, "Oh, that was really clever how they shifted that around to make it be more current, or make it be more interesting, or uh, to just troll all of the fanboys that have read everything, and so that we would expect X Force to live throughout the whole movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever." Yeah, Shatterstar still bugs me. Yeah, that one, that one bugs me too. Uh, that was a great character and, and a fun actor to put in the role. We'll see. Well, you never know.
1: You never know. Yeah, now that now that Disney owns it, it may have never happened,
0: right? Uh, I doubt it. I, I Well, it doesn't matter with Deadpool. It's so meta, they can pretty much do whatever they want. That's true.
1: When you're balling, you got a character that... Talks to you, to the screen.
0: Do whatever you want to do. So, um, talking about this being the first episode that we've done off of a request from the forums on the website, this is our opportunity to suggest that any listener that, of course, has an idea, definitely go onto the forums on the website. Let us know what it is. Or on the discussion that was, uh, was the impetus of uh, making this episode, leave what you used to read as as a reply on the forums you know what what got you into comics what was one of the one of the forming factors or are you not a comics listening can you tell it's late i listen to comics at 11:30 p.m. audiobooks I, <laughs> audiobooks yes that's what i meant i don't need the pictures but you know what what comics did you read what uh, or if you didn't read com if you didn't read comics you know, has has the glut of comic book movies changed your mind? Did it cause you to go into a comic book shop and go, hey, I, I think I might like to give this a try?
1: Um, so, yeah. So, we just want some feedback. So, com is that website. Obviously, yes. some of you guys can dig up the podcast from... Uh, iTunes, or from the Google Play Store, or various other locations, but the website has the forum for you to actually type in some feedback. Uh, you can check out our completely undeveloped pages uh, on Twitter. We are at Real Pudding Guys. You yep. go to our Facebook page, which is the Everybody Loves Pudding Facebook page. Um, if you just check out at Pudding Guys, you'll also be able to dig us up. We're going to get more into that stuff and update more with photos and what's upcoming put some twitter polls out there for everybody to give a little feedback on um feedback like this episodes. we are chatting to you on a new microphone setup is it cool does it work is it better than the old one did you like the old one better any type of feedback that we can
0: get definitely helps us for future episodes was the train excellent (laughs) ambiance, or would you prefer us to, uh, I don't know, uh, put something on the track so they can't possibly <laughs> advance and I mean, in the way of
1: recording. We're just keeping it real. You guys see the picture on the website. That's where we're recording the stuff at right now. So, uh, yeah, any feedback you can get, good, bad, whatever, it's all appreciated.
0: So I'm sure down the road we will be likely hoping to develop into an actual studio, and and at that point we'll, we will look much more professional but we're still having fun with this and hopefully you are too absolutely and there
1: will be many more discussions on these types of things coming up here in the coming weeks more reviews on movies other than comic book movies so yeah uh go to our our tweets our tweets books and uh give us a like give us a a friend request that type of stuff whatever we can do to Get more listeners. That would be much appreciated.
0: And one other thing that we we wanted to mention, one of the fun aspects of what we're doing here is when we get to interview people that are just different and interesting. And we've had several interviews already. We have several in the pipeline that are going to be coming out uh, in the coming weeks. Hopefully that will be very interesting. But what... What type of a person do you want to hear us interview? Or even more importantly, is your cousin's girlfriend's roommate somebody that might be interesting to interview that you could twist their arm and point them at our page and say, hey, these are guys that I would like to talk to and maybe reveal a side of myself that nobody has ever seen before.
1: Yeah. Do you go to all these comic book conventions and everybody knows you as... The person who does this or you are actually on a tv show and you want to get your name out there hey we're free advertising right now man so absolutely whatever you can do to spread the word and exit exit cut <laughs>